Andy Barish is the managing director of equity research at Jeffries. But bullish on these two names, Andy, I'm sure you get that joke a lot, so there's another one for you this week. All right, so you like Cheesecake Factory, and then lo and behold, Dave and Busters. Uh, walk me through the case for each at this point. Sure, yeah, I, I have heard that before. But uh, <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me on, Oliver. Um, it's really the case of the sentiment getting too negative, as you point out, uh, uh, against the reopening trade, and now starting to, um, uh, I think, see that rotate back um, as value and reopening uh, become a little bit more popular as, as hopefully we get through the worst of, of Delta. And the stocks have come back very significantly in, in, in both cases. And I think um, the two um, names that you mentioned um, that we upgraded, um, Dave and & Buster's and uh, Cheesecake Factory, I think, first of all, they're a little larger than some of the other names from a market cap perspective, a little bit more liquid. Um, and, and the stories are um, similar in their um, way they can benefit from the industry changes we've seen, but a little bit different as well. And let me give you an example. Uh, Dave & Buster's, you know, really um, changed their cost structure very dramatically during the of the pandemic um, and as uh, customers have come back, not surprisingly, um, they have maintained some of those uh, margins and continue to uh, flow that through. It's already a very profitable business and now even more so. So I think what, that, um, what that's going to um, you know, show investors is that they can uh, then start to grow again um, as the business stabilizes and moves into 2022. In the case of Cheesecake Factory, they kind of went the opposite way. They stuck with um, their full varied menu, um, really focused on the off-premise occasion, um, which was the only thing customers could access the brand for for some period of time and hmm. benefited significantly in that regard. And I think now that dining rooms are filling back up, they've maintained a lot of that off-premise business and um, uh, are in a position because of an acquisition they did at the end of 2019 to grow units by about 7% next year, uh, which the current valuation really doesn't give them much credit for. So hmm. two, two stories similar in some ways, you know, different in others. Do you think these are businesses that should trade valuations uh, where they were pre-COVID, above pre-COVID? One of the things that jumped out in Dave & Buster's last earnings is that it seemed like they were back online with their 2019 uh, growth rates at the same quarter, not necessarily exceeding them, as we've seen in some other places here that got this kind of amplification from stimulus check usage or you know whatever market they were able to tap into at the time, mostly those with the focus on online. But is back in line with 2019 growth enough for Dave & Buster's? Uh, and what does that mean for the valuation, if I've got my numbers right there? Yeah, no, I, in general, you are, you're, you're pretty close. They, um, they finished up their fiscal second quarter up about 7% compared to 19, but then with a little bit of a slowdown, they're still positive, but not up that much. And yes, I do think um, it can get back to sort of a, um, you know, a high single digit multiple on forward EV to EBITDA. That's how we value these companies. Okay. So we're talking eight times uh, forward EBITDA. The stock actually uh, you know, pre-COVID, going back a few years when it was growing more rapidly, traded more at like 10 times. And just for, you know, comparison's sake, uh, companies like Texas Roadhouse and um, Darden, which are viewed as the bellwethers in full service, 
traded about 12 times. What about for the larger uh, square footage issue for maybe like a cheesecake? For Dave and Buster's, it seems uh, that uh, there you've, you're pretty packed. You're using every inch, basically, of uh, the, the area. It's also a lot of these stores in these kind of strip mall type locations where there's kind of naturally a lot of square footage. What about from a restaurant perspective for a cheesecake or any of the other businesses that are operating at a lower capacity than they were before? Will it make sense to sell real estate if uh, there is an ability to do that as some of these areas start to come back? Uh, what is that going to look like, the real estate side of the or the restaurant specifically? Yeah, Oliver, I think, um, you know, most, most of the sites at this point are really lease sites. So, they don't have a lot of flexibility nor the need, frankly, to monetize real estate at this point. Um, and I think what's um, what's different is the off-premise business. You mentioned quickly, you know, online access has really driven off-premise growth at well above pre-COVID levels. So these companies were starting to get into um, in casual dining, the to-go and delivery business, and it was growing nicely, but it was obviously catapulted by um, the um, the pandemic, and, and 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 has remained very sticky at at very high levels. So, we think that added layer of sales growth has added some incremental profitability, and Cheesecake Factory. Um, is doing it at higher volumes than anybody else. Their restaurants were already very high volume, and now they've added um, a significant layer of, of off-premise uh, sales that um, you know continues to allow them to leverage uh, costs. Again, as I mentioned, they didn't really take the approach of cutting costs. They really said, hey, we're gonna get back to doing our huge sales volumes, maybe a little bit more because of off-premise, and then lever our fixed costs to get margins back above mm. 2019 levels. And that's the next question I was going to go to to close out the conversation is margins. Andy, what do you think is reasonable to expect from the cheesecake uh, you know, by the end of the year when we're looking back on the last quarter here? Yeah, I, I think, um, you know, somewhere uh, looking out, you know, in the 16, 17 percent range, I think is still a fair um, assessment for restaurant level profitability, which is kind of the KPI in restaurants. And okay. a lot of the reason why the stocks were weak also over the last several months was the obvious fears of inflation in the headlines. And, and just, you know, a final point is restaurants have dealt with commodities and wage inflation for many, many years now and seem to have pretty significant pricing flexibility right now to offset that. 